Reading from the Srimad Bhagavad, uh, Bhagavad Tamrita, Volume 1, Chapter 2, Text 1. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Sri Parikshit Uvacha, Shasyatam Maharajam, Swagato Muni Akshita, Rajamanam Sabamadye, <coughs> Vishnur Deva, Ganabritam. Narada Parikshit said after praising the great king, Narada made his way to heaven there in the assembly hall. He saw Lord Vishnu in all his brilliance, surrounded by the host of demigods. He was decorated with sandalwood pulp, divine ornaments and garments, and a garland made of varied flowers from desire trees. Sitting comfortably on the back of Garuda, he was worshipped with celestial offerings. Behaspiti and other exalted sages praised his glories and Mother Aditi pampered him. He in turn delighted each of them with his affectionate comments. Siddhis, Vidyaras, Gandharvas, and Apsaras recited prayers. They cried all glories to you and sang and danced and played music all for his pleasure. In other words, in words that all could hear, the Lord assured Indra that he need not be afraid of the Daityas. Kirti Devi offered the Lord, Lord offered the Lord beetle nut, which he gracefully accepted and chewed. Om Gana Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Taksur Unmalatam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanyamano Bishdam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Vancha Kalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhayebhacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama <coughs> Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Siadvaita Gadadhar Shivasade Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Hare, 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 Rama, Hare, Rama, 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 Hare, Hare. So again, <clears throat> thank you all for, for coming. This is the steady group on Wednesday. And hearing is the first principle 
you want to advance in spiritual life, Srindvata Swa Kata Krishna Punya Shravana Kirtana Hidyanta Sto Rabadvani Vidanuti Saritsatam. Krishna becomes pleased. Machita Matkata Pranas Bodhiantas Parasparam. When the devotees join together and glorify him, bhakti is the path of grace. We make effort, <clears throat> but our effort more than accomplishing our objective attracts the Lord's mercy, who purifies us, suritsitam, in the heart. Vidinoti, he cleans the heart. So thank you for joining me in this. And because the group has been so steady, I don't really have to go back all the way to the beginning. <clears throat> but we can just follow this template of Narada looking for the topmost recipient of Krishna's devotee. And we, we, we see that devotee through the vision of the previous devotee who tells Narada, go see this person. Of course, we start with Narada himself just seeing this Brahmin. And we see his exalted position. Anya bilash itash dunyam. Yana karma dhyanavritam. Anu kulyena krishna anu shilana bhakta uttama. Uttama bhakti. We want to please Krishna. And we have no other desire. We have desires. I like how Prabhupada made that point. We have desires, but no other desires. Even if we're householder and we're practicing Uttama Bhakti, we're not a devotee in the morning and a karmi after breakfast or a devotee in the temple and a karmi outside. But no, our goal is to chant Hare Krishna and, and we need a place to do that, to be peaceful. So while we're working, we have that in mind that we're devotees and we're doing this to facilitate our devotion. So he sees this Brahmin and, and what blows him away is after all his stellar, stellar worship, after all his stellar worship, he in his heart, he offers whatever benefit he got from that puja. He offers it back to God. He offers it back to his deity. <clears throat> that's a real Vaishnav. And that's why Prabhupada said that Vaishnav is not an ordinary thing. And then Narada and starts the template points to a king 
And through his eyes, we see how glorious the king is. That everything in his, there's nothing lacking in his administration. Can we say that about anybody today, left or right? There's nothing lacking in his administration. That's the duty of the king. Because there's always the God factor. It's not just, it, 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 and that's why Nayam Lokas Tiyagyasya Kutanya Kurisatana. There's no happiness in this life or the next without sacrifice. So a king makes sure that there's sufficient sacrifice. And then Anad Bhavanti Bhutani. All living beings subsist on food grains, and food grains come from rain, and rain comes from sacrifice, and, and like this. Therefore, when Prabhupada was coming one time from Vrindavan, maybe from Calcutta to Mayapur, and he saw uh, rubber plantations, Prabhupada said, he said, it, 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 it says, Anad Bhavanti Bhutani, all living all living beings assist on food grains, not Goodyear Bhavanti Bhutani. So they can be prosperous. And he sees this prosperity and the, and the worship. But not but Narada, but but the, but the but the Brahmin is also telling Narada, <clears throat> even though the kingdom's so opulent and, and so many saintly people are taking shelter. <clears throat> The king is a kinchina. He has no sense of possessiveness. And he put all the property of the kingdom under the deities in that kingdom. And when Narada goes there, when Narada goes there, it's even better than what, what the Brahmin described. And of course, he glorifies the king and... and this is another part of it we see. There's no, there's a realistic view in one sense that we're separated from God and God is great. And therefore one doesn't have this false sense of inflated sense of significance. And when he hears someone praise him, when he hears someone praise him, all it does is make one see his lack of qualification. So he points to the demigods who, and this is a part where, where, where I'm still trying to grapple it. And the point I'm trying to grapple it is, is that when it comes to the demigods in Indra, when it comes to the demigods in Indra, they're described in terms of um, 
they're described in terms of the material, like almost immaterial opulence. But Narada is looking for the topmost recipient of Krishna's mercy. And I'm trying to, why that's Krishna's mercy, although it can be Krishna's mercy because they're so undisturbed. In one level, they seem so undisturbed. They are sinless. They are in the mode of goodness. They're free from hunger and thirst. Maybe there's a level of spiritual advancement that when your material qualities are 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 very high, you you take it as Krishna's grace because your mind is now free from distress and it can worship God. And when you're not that advanced. When you're when, when when you're free from everything, you'll just become the enjoyer. And we've seen that in our own lives. How much more spiritual we are sometimes in our distress. Because it's just a natural psychology. When you can't, when you have some spiritual knowledge, but you're not completely pure. And you can't enjoy externally because the world is moving so far beyond your desires and control. You make that necessary shift from happiness is how the world is around me suited to my desires to how I react to the world according to the will and desires of God. And we see that. And that's why when Krishna is merciful, he sometimes takes it away. Because that shift has to be there. We know that happiness is inter internal. We know that happiness is consciousness. But we won't take full avail of that realization unless we can't find the happiness outside according to our samskaras, our, our previous impressions, which is fleeting, temporary, and ultimately duke alayam ashashrita. Temporary and full of misery. But anyway, they're, they're called satpunya. They're extremely pious. Um... And of the demigods, they describe Indra, whose lifetime is a day of Lord Brahma, 72 or 71 times 1,300,000, at least that's how I read it. And he achieved it by, by uh, a, a living entity achieves that by 100 Ashvamedha Yagyas sacrifices perfectly, which is practically impossible. It's like a it's like a spiritual ultimate Olympic feat. Not to do any discrepancy. And we just see how beautiful everything is. And he, he has his Ayurvata elephant and his horse. It's just, it's heaven. It's heaven. <laughs> But what really makes him 
worthy of Narada's search for the topmost recipient of Krishna's mercy is that he has sakshad darshan of Vishnu. So his piety is not just Jnana Sukriti or Karma Sukriti, the real mercy, it's Bhakti Sukriti. And, and to get Saksha Darshan of God in this world, we know that Narada Muni did it, but it was only fleeting because there was some material taint. And what was that material taint? where he couldn't maintain Saksha Darshan. He wasn't complete in service, which just, which just doesn't mean the activity of service. It means the consciousness of service, which comes by the activity of service. So if you're not complete in service, you have to do more service to develop that consciousness. And what's the material taint? He was attracted to the mode of goodness. He wanted peacefulness rather than devotion. We want love, not just peace. But sometimes things are so difficult, we become impersonal. We just want peace. We just want it all to end. All the difficulties, all the troubles. As opposed to Kunti, who wants prema and therefore says, let those calamities happen again and again. I want prema. So Vishnu is there. Um, and the worship with celestial offerings, with all the demigods, it's such an incredible thing. And Narada is beginning to understand why the king pointed to him. Because by going to the devotee, you're going to God. Because God is always in the heart of the devotee. Krishna is always in the vision of the devotee. So when you say devotee, you say God. Not that he is God, but he's always looking at God. So now we'll see Indra's devotion. Shakram chitasya mahatmyam kirtiyantam muhur muhu swasmin krito pakaram cha varniyantam mahamuda continuously chanting the Lord's glories. Indra described with great joys the way the Lord has helped him in the past. So we see his bhakti, and the first symptom is that he's grateful. I was doing my deity worship this morning, and I was chanting prayers to Guru. And I'm just saying, so grateful. Where would I be? What would I be thinking? Just the fact of having a realization of eternal life. 
I, I remember this spiritual realization because I wasn't cognizant of God until I met the devotees. And then it dawned on me, I'm not going to die. And I just remembered that existential malaise, when you think that you, 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 you think that the body is the self and therefore you are temporary. And therefore, your life, your, your enjoyment in, a, in, in life is nothing but a last meal on death row. And it has that sense, the last meal on death row. How can you enjoy? How can you find meaning? And I felt such relief omagana timarandasya gananjana shalakaya taksur unmalitam yena tasmai shri i felt such relief such gratitude the gratitude is not for the material situation sometimes it may even be worse not for the material situation. It's it's for the, the the spiritual gifts connected with the soul. Neha bikamanasho sti pratyavayo navidyate swalpam apyasya dharmasya trayato. It saves you from the greatest type of fear. And what is the greatest type of fear? The greatest type of fear is. I will be non-existent. Therefore, all these rich and powerful people, they're filled with that fear. They're filled with that fear. They may be on their big yachts. They may be with their beautiful this and beautiful that. And they may control and they may have so much power. But that one fact alone, that I will become non-existent, deems their whole life fearful and without meaning. And when you understand that you're the soul, even theoretically, there's meaning and there's some, some fearlessness because you have to complete the process of bhakti or you have to... Uh, mature in the, in, the, in the process of bhakti to actually become fearless. And Indra is mahatmyam, kirtiyantam, mahu, mahu. Mahu, 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 mahu. Repeatedly. Kirtiyantam Mahatmyam, he's chanting the glories. He's chanting the glories. He's chanting the glories and Varnayantam describing them with Mahamuda, Mahamuda with great happiness. 
So now Narada is becoming impressed. Look at this position of Indra by his by his devotion. He has personal he has personal relationship, familiar relationship. It's his younger brother. He has some bandha. And he feels it and he's chanting and he's again and again. Mahatnyam, kirtiyantam, mahu, mahu, baniyantam, mahamudha. Happy, happy. When we used to go around Govardhan, you come to this place, those of you who've been with me, Uddhavakund. And there was this nice sadhu, family man, but sadhu, that sat there for like 70 years, used to go around Govardhan every day. And when he'd give you a blessing, he would say, happy, 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 happy. But happy, happy is not rubies, diamonds, rings, and pearls. Happy, happy is Anandamaya Abhisat, the nature of the soul. Sahasra Nayanar Asru Tara Varshantam Asane. Swee Nishanam Tat Parshvi Rajantam Swavibhutibi. Indra shone forth in his own opulence as he sat on his own throne next to the Lord, shedding from his thousand eyes a downpour of tears. Asuru. Nayanai, eyes, asru, tears, dara, varshantam. It's, it's a downpour, raining of tears, which is a sattvika bhav. It's a symptom of such intense devotional experience that the mind becomes so overwhelmed with emotion that it actually discharges the life airs which somehow or other come in contact with the tanmatras the the material core material elements and if it comes in contact with the water torrents nayanai asru shedding such tears. Purport, it's natural for Indra, the ruling king of heaven, to have his own throne in his assembly hall. Yet while his servants stood by, holding his royal paraphernalia, his umbrella, chamara fans, and so on, Indra worshipped the supreme lord in the person of his younger brother. Indra loudly chanted the Lord's glories, describing the Lord's kindness to his devotees and his other attractive qualities. 
Indra then recalled the special favors repeatedly shown him by the Lord, such as the Lord's re regaining for him the rulership of heaven, which had been seized by the by Bali Daitiraj. Atavishnum Najavase Gachantam Anugam Yatam Sabayam Agatam Shakram Ashasyovacha Narada. Lord Vishnu then proceeded to his own residence. Indra followed him for some distance and then returned to the assembly hall where Narada greeted him, began to speak. Purport, it would have been inappropriate for Narada to disclose his mind to Indra while Indra was worshiping Lord Vishnu. Now that the Lord had left, Narada greeted Indra saying, glories to you, please accept my blessings. So no one's going to want to accept worship, even though if it's his service or glories in front of a person that he himself is worshiping. That's why in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, it says we shouldn't circumambulate in front of the deities. In other words, we, we shouldn't put a devotee in the circle and then go around him because circumambulation is a um, anubhava or action of devotion and, and you shouldn't worship anybody in front of God. The attention should be towards God. So, so Indra waited or waited before glorifying Indra till Vamana left. Now, now, now here's Narada's glorification. And then again, we'll see that these great devotees, they don't have Abhiman self-conception as enjoyer and controller. It's not in their consciousness. And when you do glorify them, they tend more to focus on their own faults. Srinarada Uvacha Kritanu Kampitas Twamyat Surya Chandra Yamadaya Tavagya Kalina Sarve Lokapala Pare Kimhu Srinarada said, You have surely received the Supreme Lord's mercy because demigods like Surya, Chandra, and Yama, what to speak of the rule of planets all obey your orders. So this is where I'm kind of, it's not as Madhurya, it's not as sweet, the, the glories of Indra. It's sweet when there's downpouring of tears coming from his eyes. But when it explains his, you know, power, his opulence, but somehow or other, 
It's all part of the show. Munio smardisho vasya. Shrutayas twam stuvantihi. Shigadi shatayatwam. Dharma dharma palaprada. Sages like me are your subjects, and the Vedas praise you as the Lord of the universe. For you bestow the fruits of religion and irreligion. So all he's saying, Narada, is, you know, you're the king. And the king, Indra means king. But it doesn't just mean ordinary king. It means the king of heaven. Now, the king was considered Nara Deva. Nara means human, a human god. Because the king is representing God. It's like the viceroy represents, in India they had a viceroy, it was the representative of the king. So he was offered all, all honor that way. So, So Narada has that feeling that the king, it's representing something. And, and to the extent that it represents something, it can be you can surrender to that person or glorify that person. So Narada is saying, you're the king, and you're the king because you're representing God. And therefore, even sages like me that wander in the world, we're your subjects. And the Vedas praise you as Lord of the universe. And you have great powers which are entrusted to you by God. Purport, the principal demigods among them, the Vasus, Maruts, Rudras, Anadityas, all obey the orders of Indra. In the first of the Shrutis, Rig Veda, many of the hymns are prayers to Indra and description of his glories. These Rig Suktas and the Iendra, Iendra hymns, there it is. I never saw Iendra's name. The Iendra hymns praise him as the Lord of the universe. Narda agrees that this is fitting and in his own words, gives evidence of Indra's sovereignty, his power to send pious souls to heaven and sinners to hell. So I guess these are external things, these powers, but they're granted by God, and they're granted by God to Indra in response to his worthiness of loyalty and dedication to the service of God. And then you're entrusted. And that says something about you. It's a short little story, but I remember the night that Prabhupada passed away, I was in the room. And then about an hour later, I was walking by his house. And then Tamal Krishnamaraj called me and said, can you clean Prabhupada's whole room with Eucalyptus oil. Prabhupada would have eucalyptus oil and water. So 
um, not that I'm great, but that he tried, he said, oh, he, I said, yes, I can. He said, okay, a good man, that, that he can trust me, that he trusted me. It may, it may, it may or may not, but at least in his eyes, it, it, it meant something about my qualities. So that he's trusted with such a service that he can even give reward pious people and punish others. Aho Narayano Brata Kaniyam Yasya Sodara Sadharman Maniyam Yasya Vidadat Yadaram Sada. How wonderful. And this is the real glory that Lord Narayan has become your younger brother, born of the same womb, honoring the ways of civilized life. He always treats you with respect. He's the younger brother. And proper cultures, they have hierarchies. Because hierarchical system with people that are qualified, it's very efficient in terms of making good decisions. Otherwise, everything gets bogged down in argument and debate and, you know, the king. The older brother. It was a good system. If people were qualified to follow it, then things get done. And the decisions that are made are, are, are good decisions because a person is trained both shastrically and martially to make those decisions and institute it. So it was a good system. But it has a, whenever there's a hierarchical system, whenever there's a hierarchical system, there's danger of abuse. So when society degrades, you have to get rid of hierarchical systems to protect people from themselves. But this was very, people were very pious, husbands were very qualified. Family members were very qualified. Therefore, Krishna could say in the Bhagavatam, Acharya Mam Vijanayam Navamanyeta Karichit, you should accept the Acharyas, my very self. And it comes right after a verse where I think I think Krishna is seeing God and those who represent him. So it wasn't just referring to a spiritual master, but but you could you could you should look at your parents as God, and they were worthy of it because they represented it. And your teacher in school now there is no respect. It's the exact opposite. Postmodern conception is, which is a ludicrous philosophy, that there's no objective truth except that if you don't follow it, you're no good, <laughs> you know? It's so, it, it's, even I saw Noam Chomsky, who's the atheist, but, you know, one of the greatest linguists and philosophers, and he had a debate with this Marcel Foucault, who is the leader of, Postmodernists. 
Now, Chauncey said, your philosophy is absolutely like, because you're a linguist. He knows it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous to argue that there are no objective values and making a, a statement like that and then hold people responsible who, who everyone's included except the people who don't agree with you. So, but here he honors his brother. I'll honor my older brother. He's a very nice man. I'll say this. I should glorify him because he did something really nice. My brother Barry is, uh, he, you know, my mother died. When you live to 101, there's nothing left. Whatever she had, you know, it was $7,000 a month for like 10 years. So there's nothing left. But then my brother found a small account that was left. And initially, I was supposed to be left one-ninth of the, of the will. But he said, no, really, Mommy wanted one-third because there's three brothers. And I said, oh, that's very nice of you. And then I got a, a letter from him where he, he's sending me half. I said, how are you sending me half? He said, I don't need the money. I'm going to divide it between you and your younger brother. So I said, wow, that's so nice. Because, you know, usually... <laughs> In family things you hear about, the, the, you know. Yeah, someone, you know, you hear about people fighting so greedily. So here I can I can give a little shout out to him. Nice. But um, it wasn't much, but it was a nice thought by him. Um, so he always treats you with respect. God was his younger brother and treated him with respect. See Prikshit Uvacha, Itam Indrasya Sobhagya, Vaibhavam Kirtayan Muhu, Devarshya Vadayam Vinam, Shlagyamano Nanartatam. See Prikshit said, the sage among the demigods thus profusely declared the extreme good fortune of Indra. And as he chanted Indra's glories, he played his veena and danced. So what's going to happen now? Indra is going to refute the praise. Because even it's it's still material and, and you know the demons want it and there's so much trouble <laughs> so how is that krishna's mercy i'm still in the world i'm the king of heaven it's a material place and, and there's people that they were always fighting with the deities and they usurp my throne and, and how is that krishna's mercy okay we'll finish here jamunajaya I give the best names. It's a beautiful name. Thank you for your mercy. I'm really loving um, this sense of the possessiveness and that how the people that we're seeing are so not possessed by their by their opulence. And and you said a couple times that um, you know America used to be uh, a wealthy nation. You said that several times, and I'm thinking. 
like what you said is that we can't handle the wealth anymore because you're so degraded. And we see these, this king, this Brahmana who they got the wealth, but they understand that it wasn't for them. And there's such a flip of now that we don't get that at all. And so instead of what we read about, you know, such opulence of the earth normally giving, we see exactly the opposite. So that was really striking me today. That's a very good point. And that's why God is taking it away now. <laughs> yes. And I made that point yesterday. This is the first generation, maybe not even the generation, maybe the generation after mine was the first generation or maybe the one after that, where the children are less educated and less economically well-off than their parents. And the next generation even get used to be a generational wealth and you increase it, you know, so, so it's taking away. And that's what happens when you don't use something properly. And that's why there's droughts and famines and things. When you exploit the earth and you don't use it properly, then, then God withdraws it. So in our own lives, we have to be very careful how we use things in, in, in Krishna's service. Okay, Jumunajaya, thank you. That's good. Gail. Are you there, Gail? Okay. Oh, she's not. She went already. Okay, unusual. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Gumaraj, so good to hear from you. Total okay. Great. Anybody else say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj, it's Isabel. Isabel, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. On you know, on Maharaj. Yeah, uh, I'm listening. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, I worked uh, in finance since I was about 17 years old, and I have seen what you were describing how people make more money and they just unhappier and my job before this one, I worked for somebody that was so wealthy and so incredibly unhappy and miserable. And he complete narcissist, arrogant person. But now I'm telling you, I prayed for Christians to give me a better job. And I'm working for a family who's a billionaire now, and they are the most generous people. I mean, amazing. And they do stuff for the world. Like they have the Kirsch Foundation, which brings water to areas in South Africa and all over Africa where normally they can get fresh water and a lot more stuff. That's just one example, but one of their biggest things. And you're right. If you use it for the right thing, like God has gifted him with the ability to make that much. But if you use it in the right way, the family is happy. And this is now we're going on three generations of this wealth. And they're very, very, very kind, amazing people. I haven't seen one arrogant soul in that family as of yet. I looked him up when you told me he's the richest person in Swaziland. Yes, <laughs> he is. Yeah. And you, you and he has a lot of property here. You know him personally? Absolutely, yes. Amazing, amazing man. Amazing human being. Very humble. Okay. Very humble. Uh, he's very, very fortunate humble. to have you as his assistant. Oh, thank you, Maharaj. <laughs> Anybody else say hello? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Actually, I do have one question. Where were you, Gail? You disappeared. <laughs> I know, because I, I'm technologically challenged, and somehow okay. I, uh, I okay. went off the screen. Okay. Um, yeah, so I just find it a little ironic that um, 
you know, the, the quality of a devotee is to be so, so, so grateful for any and every little thing. And so when you, I, although I understand your explanation, when you hear them rejecting the praise, you know, saying, I, what is my fortune, you know, it's like ironic. So uh, how would you like kind of reconcile? I mean, I know that, you know, in front of others that they see are greater than them, it's hard for them to accept the praise. But well, at the same time, like, like a guru, he can be glorified and be looking and feel he's a guru, or he can be glorified and looking at his identity could be I'm a disciple of my guru. So, um, and I, I also have that sense that that idea I'm trying to develop is that um, when you get mercy, to feel mercy, which is love from above, the feeling of mercy is I don't deserve. You'll never feel love if you're pr prideful because you'll, you'll accept nothing as, as love. You'll feel everything I deserve. So unless you have this sense of humility, you don't feel those things. And humility means you have to see that that uh, I don't deserve this. This is this is beyond my capacity. So I, I just think that orientation is there naturally with someone who is um, you know advanced spiritually. I mean, you can look at everything from different perspectives. You could look at it like, wow, um, I could, like myself, I can look at what I have and I can look at what I don't have. I can look, wow, I'm chanting this amount of rounds, but then I can look at what a real Vaishnava is and then I don't feel like a Vaishnava. <laughs> you know, it depends which way you look. Yeah, so, so it can, we can do both simultaneously, no? Um, yeah, one in illusion we can do and one in knowledge. No, one, like for, on the intellectual platform, mm -hmm. you could think, yes, I'm so fortunate. You know, I'm, I'm so fortunate. But th that, that sense I'm so fortunate is not that, um, uh, you know, I feel so th that. I feel it's like I'm so great. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, Gail. Mm. You were 50% merciful to me today. <laughs> the other time it was 100%. because you. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, anybody Thank else? You. Say hello. Hare Krishna, Gurudev. Jai Sivade. <laughs> I wanted to tell you that uh, the thing that really moved me today is your phrase that if you want to go to God, you need to go to the devotee. If you what? If you want to come to God, you need to come to the devotee. Yeah, that's an important point. And also, you were saying that to attain peacefulness, you need to mature in the process of bhakti. And before you get mature, you're immature, and you don't have peacefulness at all. And your motive, it's not bhakti or prema. Your motive, it's that peacefulness itself. And then... After you mature, your motive changes. That's what happens. When you advance, um, 
Yeah, it's, yeah, emotive changes from spiritual to material. I want peacefulness means I want to, I want the world to conform to my desires, which means no trouble in it. But it's still a material conception. And therefore it's threatened because any material conception is threatened because we're not controller. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you, Jai Sri Radhe. Jai Sri Radhe. Anybody else? Hi, Haribol. Thank you, Maharaj. Samantha, great to have nice you. Nice to see you. Thank you. And of course, I have a million notes. But I just keep going back to, I love what you're talking about, the existential malaise. Yeah. And, you know, because we think that we're temporary. And it just, you said a lot of great things today, but it just brings me back to, you know, my area of sort of concentration that that shift from the 19th to the 20th century and the industrial revolution and um, that period of, you know, existential malaise that was happening that I think is, is happening even worse now. And we, we sort of took the power, you know, away from, you know, man and put it into sort of machines um, and the, you know, the Nietzsche and the God is dead and the, you know, where did, where did God go sort of at that time? And, and then you started talking about the, you know, postmodern times and, uh, you know, we have to work even harder at it and, uh, just kind of makes me wonder where we're going to go with the, you know, with, with the increase in technology and the robots and the, where you know, we're going <laughs> is we're going, we're going into to totalitarianism. That's where we're going. <laughs> where you know there's no objective values there's only power and certain people who have power think that you know I, I have the right to use it for everyone's benefit like something like that right so it's really interesting and I don't know too much about the objective values and the Noam Chomsky so I'm definitely going to look into that thank you okay Hi, right, Krishna Okay, Haribo. Anybody else say hello? Thank you, Samantha. Hare Krishna Maharaj, Sri Radhika here. Hare Krishna Maharaj, Yavatsundari. Haribo. Okay, so when are you off to OCAD, whatever it is? When are you off? Very soon. What? Very soon. In three weeks' time. In three weeks' time. Of Canada, I heard that Vancouver has the best weather and it's the nicest place, but the real joy if you find the devotees there, you know. I'm sure there's devotees, but whether it's like so. an <laughs> Indian congregation or more diverse, I don't know. Okay, Haribo. Anybody else? Yeah. Okay. Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Thank you for class. Amala, Hare Krishna. Good. Who else? Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Gurudev. Thank you very much. And it's Braja. Thank you for class. Lal, Lal was uh, listening to the class, but he has a really bad headache and he had to yeah. go take a shower. Somehow, <laughs> somehow we thought that no one was going to come yesterday because our, our foundation of you and Lal, <laughs> Reagan and Dira. <laughs> weren't there so i thought okay maybe it's just oh. jack but then 
Stephanie came and Sri Rupa came and Kishori came and Priya came and Tota came. Oh, cool. Great. Uh, and some other girl came from somewhere. Oh, but, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> somehow that's where good. there's Kirtan, there's always people. Yes, definitely. Nice showing you and Lala there. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay, anybody else? Okay. This is Krishnamrita. Thank you very much for the class. Okay. I see the reception in your country is not so good anymore. Okay. But you can hear. Okay. We'll go a bunch of open through this. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank oh. you for your class. Nice to see you. Hare 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 Hare